Welcome to Morning Commute. I'm Brad Doles. And I am Sam Albert. You know, Brad and I have been friends for many years. Uh, that's true. Probably, I don't know, five or more. And we've built this friendship on making conversations that we talk about basically anything we can think about. It's like no topic is off the table. And so we wanted to open that up and share that kind of talk with other people. Yeah. So we devised this podcast. It's a 20 to 30 minute podcast in which we just kind of freeform talk about the things that we talk about all the time. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Morning Commute. Hi, Sam. Hey, Brad. How's it going? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm hanging in there. <laughs> well, <laughs> Thank you. It's good to be back. I have a question for you. Yeah. Are you going to see outdoors from where you work? I am so lucky because my little desk is shoved in the corner, but it's shoved in the corner next to a window right next to a tree. So I can see the sky and the trees. It's, if you have to be stuck indoors all day, it's almost as if I work inside a tree house. I love it. Yeah, it's funny. Now that I'm working from home, I have an office with a window that has a bird feeder right outside of it and birds eating at it all day. And mm -hmm. I had a real upgrade in office just from <laughs> this whole disease thing. I mean, think about it. Your office now comes with a bathroom and a kitchen. What more do you need? <laughs> Right. <laughs> I do without the kitchen. All right. Well, it's been a few days since we recorded, and mm -hmm. we went ahead and listened to all of these voicemails. And there's one here in particular that I thought we'd probably comment on. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. Top of the morning to you. It is Wednesday morning, my Friday. Uh, but listening to the morning commute roast of Eric uh, today and awesome job guys i wanted to say uh, unfortunately i think you guys recorded this episode before the current unrest in our country um but as it relates as the unrest relates to that episode to some degree uh, you guys are talking about opening back up and and discussing masks uh and man i am just super scared about all of these large public gatherings and how that's going to affect our, our quote unquote opening up. Um, man, two weeks time, it could get really rough. So yeah. What do you have to say about that? Do you have any large ideas? I completely agree with Mr. Eric. It's pretty frightening because of all these protests and I was, and, and also looting as well. Uh -huh. um, I was seeing some pictures, I believe it was from Los Angeles, um, where people were not wearing masks and then other people were injured. And so there were protesters who were tending to injured people. Nobody was wearing masks. And I thought, wow, this seems like a breeding ground for the virus. What do you think? Yeah, I particularly wanted to talk about all this stuff today because I've seen a lot in the last few days since we last recorded. And yeah, it's really tricky because because tension is so high right now it it's hard to say something like hey be careful of the virus out there guys because i feel like people would interpret that as me saying you shouldn't be out there protesting when there's a virus going on right but that's not what i'm saying i am legitimately concerned that from all of the protests that i've seen including the parade that walked by the front of my house uh -huh. they they are not exercising um social distancing physical distancing at all at all at all and they're wearing half of them are wearing masks 
and the other half or like many of the other half are wearing cloth masks which as we've said i think they're almost more of a symbol than they are an actual thing that does mm -hmm. the the main thing that is good is that they're outside which i think is a lot better than being confined indoors and that close together yeah but it is really scary i saw an article online that somebody else um showed that was that said like as protests go on covid um cases spike or increased by like 12,000 or something like that. Ooh. And it's one of those double-edged swords because you want to say, okay, well, first of all, dumb media. Um, that's not how this works. We already know that it takes a lot longer to incubate than a couple of days. So mm -hmm. if, if this is going to cause a spike in cases, that's not the spike. That's the spike from something else. If it even is a spike, maybe they're throwing it out there as a sensational headline. But if you look at the, the numbers, that's what you would have in that amount of time anyway, just because ah, okay. several billion people is a lot to pull a percentage out of. Mm -hmm. um, but also, like I said, double-edged sword, they're, they're right. I mean, if people aren't, aren't paying attention, we're going to have a lot more diseases and in a place like New York, uh, that's where they were already struggling with it, already have a problem with that many people. And then suddenly they have a ton of people doing this again. It's a little scary. It's like exactly the wrong time to have, have rioting. I was just thinking that and I was thinking almost if this were a movie, because, you know, I filter everything through my Lifetime TV movie mind. I need, I need, hold on. I need to change a word right there because it's the wrong time to be rioting. Yeah. It's also the wrong time to, be, to have to be protesting. I don't want to make it sound like all p protesters are rioting. Oh, that's a good uh, distinction. And, and, and go ahead. no, what were you going to say? Well, and just that I don't think that protesting is bad. If we were, if this were a movie, because um, like I said, I filter everything through like my lifetime TV movie mind. It seems so awful that we're fighting. I mean, the whole idea of it's bigger than this. This is really simplifying it. But the idea is we're trying not to have others, right? Like the idea of equality and an end to police brutality against specific races and we want all to be we want to be inclusive and stand together as one and yet we have this virus that like physically not just ideologically but physically makes it not a good idea to come together at a time when people are desperate to come together it just seems like such a terrible position to be in yeah yeah I mean, the one thing that could save us, hopefully, is the fact that there, that very little protesting happens indoors. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, hopefully the fact that they're outdoors thins it out a bit. I was just going to say this may be way off topic and reel me back in if it if it is. But I read this really interesting article where this gentleman was flying on an airplane and he happened to be reading a particular book that was basically, I think the title was akin to why are white people so bad about talking about race? Right. Uh, and this was a white man reading it. And there was a flight attendant who was black and she came over to him and said, excuse me, can I talk to you about your book? And he said, said yes. And then she just started crying. And I guess, you know, in light of everything that was going on, it was like, it's just so nice to have someone who's willing to have the race conversation. And the man said to her, yes, and I'm sorry that on the whole, white people are so bad. 
about just having a conversation about race with black people. Yeah. And they just had such a kind of healing conversation where she could express her sadness and frustration and he could express his how difficult it is and how inarticulate he felt, but at least they were coming together to talk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels like I should have something profound to say there, but I feel like all the profound stuff has been said, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that that us white people are so I mean, I guess I I'm less likely to talk about race because I'm scared to, like, I don't feel qualified to. Yep. Me neither. And, and especially if people don't know the town of Bend, Oregon, where we happen to be recording from, it has an extremely low black population. I would say probably less than 1%. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. It's definitely a sea of white faces wherever you look. Yeah. Predominantly. Which just to be clear, not why I chose this place is basically (laughs) just happens to be that way Uh but but i think that it can be it can make you uncomfortable about talking about these things because at least someone like me i mean you're better because you've lived you've been out in chicago and and other big places and and had uh an opportunity to to be in those other cultures and bend cultures basically all i know Mm -hmm. i'll pass it on to you you know it's really interesting so i lived in chicago for almost a decade. And there's an area of the south side of Chicago that's predominantly black. And I went, I took the L there to go to a library that had a book that I wanted way out on the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I walked into, I was like, I, I'm maybe rewriting it in my mind, but I feel like I walked into that library. And I think I must have walked in through the children's section because uh-huh. it was just like all black people and then me. And again, you can't, this is not a visual medium, but I am pretty much one of the whitest people on the planet, just on a color spectrum. I just don't tan. So I'm lily white. And I remember walking in and I remember one of the little kids pointed at me and said, oh my gosh, it's a ghost. Uh (laughs) Um, Yeah. My profound feeling is I just want to apologize. And this, this is making it about me, which is disgusting, right? But this is my feeling. I just want to apologize to every black person I see and just say, I'm so sorry that this is this is how you have to walk through life. You can't be, in fact, I think I told you an African, a black man came to check in at the clinic where I work. And as I'm checking him in, it was so hard for me not to say like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry that systemic racism and white, white privilege has boxed you in so that you can't stand tall as the proud black, you know, proud black man that you should be. I'm so sorry. And then I thought, he doesn't know you. You're checking him in at a clinic. He probably doesn't want your take on this. Just check the man in and let him be. Yeah. But there is a sense of um, wanting to share the notion that I understand that being white comes with its own set of privileges that I'm probably not even aware of. Yeah. All of that stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think I've been educated a lot, especially in the last, say, 15 years, 20 years. Um, I was a pretty ignorant kid Mm -hmm. and I was a pretty ignorant Republican kid that bought into a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I can literally say that a lot of my thinking on all of that stuff has, has changed considerably because of just like just exposure and thinking about it Mm -hmm. and, and understanding how things cannot be racist, cannot look racist and also actually be racist because of the things that you don't see. Mm -hmm. That makes sense? Yep. It also, it's made me think a lot about 
the police system lately and i mean what do you what is your take on all of that my my gut instinct is that there's a lot of good cops out there you can't take any group and say that they're all bad there's mm-hmm. probably some cities that are worse than others some cities that are better than others but on the whole i don't think i don't think that police officers should have rights that regular citizens don't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if I am a police officer and I'm trying to get somebody to get in line and they aren't, but they're not being physically violent in any way, I don't think I, I get to take out my club and beat them. Yeah. I saw a video of, and it's probably one of those ones if I saw it, because I just don't see that much uh, news media. But I saw a video where there's these people sitting on the porch, drinking a beer um, or standing. I don't know. You, you don't see them in the frame because they're holding the camera, right? They're holding the phone. Watching these Humvees driving down the road with um, megaphones yelling at people to get inside, get inside, it's curfew. And when the people videotaping it don't do it they shoot them with rubber bullets and that is such a they should be able to be sued for that there's Mm -hmm. no reason for that curfew doesn't have to mean that you can't be on your your porch it it might literally mean that but that isn't the the response that you take Mm -hmm. you should take a measured response and if someone's videotaping that sitting on their porch whether they're inside the room or standing on the porch, they're not going to take be like running out in the street riding three seconds later. And even if they are, that door isn't changing that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't know. The Can whole ask irritates me. The people on the porch, were they white people or black people? Unfortunately, I couldn't tell you. Oh, okay. Because like I said, they, nobody was ever seen except for... I'm sorry, you did mention that. The people going down the street, they, they are okay. just... It's from behind... Mm-hmm. The, the camera eye essentially mm-hmm. uh, and you can hear other people talking but the camera just never kind of swings around to them yeah but they do have to like run inside the house because they're being shot at <sighs> did you see the video of trump's thing outside the church the bible picture or was there the, well, the whole video oh no i've only seen the picture what's going on with the video it is insane there's a good video online there's a guy that does YouTube videos called Legal Eagle. Mm-hmm. And he dissects a lot of stuff. A lot of it's just for fun, like um, like legal proceedings in movies or something like that. But I've also seen him do um, other like high media cases and, and explain things to you, like what this actually means. He's a very personable guy and he makes things make sense. But he did a video on what Trump did and it just seems appalling when you watch it. So there's this park, Lafayette Park. Okay. So all these protesters, and it's worth saying that these protesters were peaceful protesters. Okay. Daylight before curfew, doing nothing wrong. Oh boy. They're out there protesting in Lafayette Park. Um, Trump has his speech. It's prior to holding up the Bible. He has determined beforehand that he's going to essentially just do a photo op. There's no reason for him to go down to that church and hold a Bible in front of it. He wants to go do it because he's freaking Trump. Mm -hmm. So 
they go into this crowd, SWAT team style, holding shields and, and helmets and, and face masks and batons and shooting tear gas. There was an Australian um, media person that was videotaping the entire thing. And they went up to them and beat them with a baton and a shield. And, and hit him in the face with his fist and all of this to scatter these people. And really, they had no right to do it. Yes. It was insane. It's the sort of thing that I think the president should be kicked out of office for. I completely agree. And by the way, uh, I'm looking this up too so that I don't sound like an idiot. The, secre the Secretary of Defense, Mark Esper, was with the president and his he thought that all this was being done so that the president could survey the damage. He didn't know that all this was being done just for a photo opportunity. Yeah. So they can pull the Bible upside down in front of a church. Right. And there's someone below Esper who resigned because of it. James Miller, a, formal a former principal deputy undersecretary of defense, resigned from the Defense Department's Science Board because of this. He was so disgusted and angry even at Mark Esper for not saying, what are you doing? Once he realized what was going on. Yeah, so this is the point, I think. I don't I don't like being political. Mm -hmm. I have often said us instead of them, you know, like all of us. I, I think I've said to you before, I don't remember if I've said it on the podcast, if you're going to win the war of politics, you can't do it by calling the other side idiots. Right, yes. Because the way you win that war is to recruit them over to your side. So, so degrading them doesn't endear them. Yeah. All of that being said, I hope the people out there that prior to today had supported Trump, like the way that you get, the way the Republican Party gets their feet back underneath them so that they can, so that they can be a respectable party, so that, you know, they might have had prior to this things that you disagreed with politically, but you didn't have to worry about them turning into dictators. Mm -hmm. And what we've seen with Trump so far has been the sort of things that you only see in dictator nations when you're watching tapes about unrest there. It is terrifying. It's crazy. Yeah. No, but I, I think everything you're saying is so true. And I wanted to ask you a question, which is obviously we've come to a place, we've come to a breaking point um, in terms of racial inequality, right? And so this protesting, I think, would happen no matter what. But I do wonder, would it be less severe if we had a different kind of president? Do you think there would be any way to kind of dilute stuff with a, with a stronger leader? What are your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. You do, you think so? Yeah, if we would have had another Obama in the, in the White House after he left, if we would have had, I mean, honestly, almost any other Republican, mm -hmm. Trump came into office and specifically pandered to people who who think like this you know mm -hmm. from i think it was weeks after he was inaugurated he was saying like 
not all of these Nazis are bad or whatever the quote is. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. They're good people on both sides when there was a yeah a, a rally. Yep. Mm -hmm. so this stuff happens. And by the way, nobody was coming out saying, how come those can't be peaceful protesters? Right. When when stuff like this happens, when when a president like him is in there, it it empowers people yeah. who think like that to to come out there at a certain point i think we were inching up towards this is society doesn't tolerate this and you should be ashamed and be hiding if you're like this mm -hmm. Trump changed it into something that it, that's not that anymore that people would feel more empowered like no no look there's more of us out there and part of trump is a reaction to obama being in the white house and people feeling like like the way they think is being societally looked down on mm -hmm. so so like all of this like this is that pendulum again swinging in the other direction but but geez that i mean did it have to swing so far i know it's scary too because who was it i believe there was a football player and i wish i could remember his name but he came out and he was so um he was so articulate as a, a white football player talking about white privilege talking about black lives and um he was just so calming and honest and raw and articulate and i kept thinking this is what we need from our leader you know we're not going to get it i feel like we're hungry for guidance that we're not going to get yeah i mean the only positive thing right now is i think maybe there'll be oh boy i hate to even believe this because it can get really bad after november if this isn't true but maybe this is the straw oh boy maybe this is the one where people had been giving him leeway up to now i want to believe that you know what i'm curious i know that there are black people who supported trump i wonder if this particular his reaction to this and the way he's been dealing with this has changed their opinion about him at all i could say with 100 percent confidence not all of them mm -hmm. i think there is a particular side of blindness that you can take and it might even be harder for a black person to turn around because the more humiliating the wrong that you were mm -hmm. harder it is to come around and say nah you know i changed my mind mm -hmm. um and because this is so racially charged i want to say that's that's not black people that's everybody like yeah I mean, i've talked about the different ways that people think um against their own well-being mm -hmm. and and that's kind of that's what trump is kind of for everybody even the people that he purports to be helping mm -hmm. my thing is this i i know he has always been a rather wretched human being. But honestly, when he was elected, my thought process was just keep an open mind. I didn't agree with all the Democrats who were saying, he's not my president, he's not my president. Because I thought, well, yes, actually, legally he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I tried really hard to have an open mind. And all I can think about is between the virus and his behavior during all of this unrest, I don't understand how anyone who may have supported him up until this moment can look at his his own behavior and his own words and think that he should continue to lead our country. Yeah. I think one thing is is when he's when someone forcefully goes through stuff like that and he's doing something you support, mm -hmm. it's easy to to not see the rules that are 
are being broken, when, when they're on your side, you know, like right now, what it makes me want to do is go in there and burn the White House down. Mm-hmm. And, but if it was the other way around, that kind of lawlessness wouldn't be, you know, I would, I would say like, how dare they? Yeah, right. I, it feels bad even saying that though, because this is so egregious. Like it, it is exactly, he has a dictator mindset. And I know that's nothing new, but it's like it gets worse every day. Well, and that's what shocks me. It's so blatant. I mean, it is absolutely blatant. How are we all not more disturbed about this? Yeah. Just even uh, Mark Esper, who I mentioned um, earlier, who came out and said, you know, the picture, the photo op really shocked me. That's not why I thought we were going there. Now there's some talk about, is he going to lose his job? Is he on the chopping block? Because he came out publicly saying, ooh, I didn't know this was going to happen. You know, you dare to speak against the president and you can lose your job. Yeah. That's a dictator. I know that we're very pro-tangents and we do it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe the tangent we took on this particular episode might be a little bit too far since this is such uh, uh, a highly um, charged topic. So just yeah. for the audience, uh, you, Sam, pro or against Black Lives Matter? Do you mean the phrase Black Lives You know how people are like, all lives matter. Yes, I mean the phrase Black Lives Oh, yes. I think it's absolutely important. Same, same here. Like pro Black Lives Matter, I think it's... I, it's good that this is happening. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate that something horrible had to happen in order for it to come about. It's, mm-hmm. it's disgusting that it had to go that far. There's so much, so much evidence of, I'm losing my words. There's so much evidence of the, help me out here, Sam. Mm. So much evidence of All racism, fairness. racial inequality. Yes, there we go. There's so much evidence of racial inequality that we we wouldn't have needed to wait for someone to die. And I'm saying there's probably plenty of people who have died up to now. It just wasn't on tape. Well, I was just going to say, but here's what's so frustrating. And there have people who have died on tape leading up to this before this year. There it's historically, there are plenty of examples. It's just for some reason right now, suddenly it's bubbling to the top of the zeitgeist, but this kind of stuff has been going on for a long time. It just hasn't been getting the, it it (laughs) moves to the forefront and then it goes to the back and it moves to the forefront and goes to the back. But this kind of thing has been going on long time. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that in our quest to be like, well, all it's about everybody. Of course, it's about everybody. However, and I believe it or not, because I never thought it'd be the person who would quote Ashton Kutcher, but there was this really interesting video that he put up um, where he was explaining, you must say Black Lives Matter because there are, to some people out there, they don't. So we have to say that. Yeah. We have to make that distinction because some people out there honestly don't. Yeah. No, I... <sighs> I understand that. It's it's an unfortunate thing because at the end of the day, what you want is everybody to be equal. Mm-hmm. But when you say all lives matter, what you're really saying is, well, first of all, there's no black people that are saying that. So what it is, is it's a white person saying, hey, but don't forget about me. Right, right. It's like, yeah, I mean, you've had your day in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
the last thing I had a question on, and we we're a little over time, but this can be a little long and, and I can edit it down because I'm the one editing it. What's, mm-hmm. your, what's your take on looting and rioting? Actually, I have a, a quote here that I want to read you. This is from a friend of mine online. Okay. Uh, and he is a, a person, he is not black, but he is a person of color. Okay. I've seen too many people of privilege complaining about rioting and looting and saying dumb shit like they're hurting themselves and I'm all for protesting, but this is awful. I need you to know this. When you do that, you're actively saying that things are more important than people. Those stores are insured. Those buildings insured. Banks, money insured. Government buildings, offices, I stores, all insured. What do you, what do you think about that? I go back to Trevor Noah. <laughs> Yeah. He really summed it up for me on The Daily Show when he said, we exist under social contracts. And one of the social contracts is we don't break into the Apple store and run out with a bunch of iPads. But the other social contract is black people shouldn't be shot out of nowhere with absolutely no justification. And so when you've broken that social contract, why can't you break the other? I, I, I tend to agree with that. Do I think it's a good idea? No. Do I understand why it's happening? Absolutely. Yeah, it's really hard for me because one side of me says the looting in general is bad. The rioting in general is bad. To say that it's just things is to, is to have a lack of compassion for the people who own those stores. There's lots of people who own stores. And I'm not talking about Walmarts and and Amazons or whatever out there. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about smaller stores. There are smaller stores that are getting hit who probably had to have their doors shuttered up until now mm-hmm. and because of coronavirus. And now they're being looted. There's people who will never get their feet back up on underneath them again. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say this is I don't, I'm not saying that the looting and the rioting isn't necessary because yeah. it this is so this is such a long time coming that it might be the cost to get change done but yes. i'm saying that it is not it it's giving yourself a pass and, and not being compassionate to the people that you have essentially said there's going to be friendly fire we are sacrificing innocent people for this cause. This is not something I thought I would ever say, but it is how I feel. I can understand getting to such a boiling point that you need to smash things up. You know what I mean? And I wonder, as much as I support sort of the Gandhi lifestyle of peaceful protest, um, I don't know if that would have been enough to get people to listen. I don't know that it would have been. Hmm? Especially now with the leadership that we have right now. Exactly. I feel like there has to be some kind of real threat, not just physically, but economically um, and and lawlessness to say, we're not going to take it anymore. I never thought I'd say this, but it might be the only way to be heard, which is frightening, but it might be true. I want to make it very clear that I am saying that I'm not endorsing rioting and looting, but I am saying that it might be necessary. And and I think that you're taking the easy way out, especially if you happen to be one of the ones out there by saying these people are insured, nothing, no harm is really being done. Unless you're just targeting, unless it's an actual warlike effort and you are just targeting people that you know are against the cause that quote unquote deserve it, then, I guess- then and that's not what's happening. There, there are going to be 
the innocent people in this battle that never, never recover. My question is this, what else are people supposed to do? That's the thing. That's why I say, I think it's necessary. Yeah. To make that kind of noise, because like when mediation doesn't work, I'm just thinking about nations. When we can't talk to each other anymore, we go to war and that's how we settle things. And I feel like in a way, this is a war inside of our own country. Um, and it, may have had to get to that in order for change to be affected. Yeah, I agree. Ugh, let's talk about puppies. Sam, where can they reach us if they want to talk to us? Well, I'd love to know what other people are thinking and feeling. I do think it's a time to, even if it's not eloquent, and even if we stumble and make mistakes, I do think it's an important discussion to have. So we'd like to know what you think. You can email us at morningcommutesambrad at gmail.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at anchor.fm forward slash morning commute sam brad um everybody try and be safe out there <laughs> um be be as um well be safe because this is this is a tough time and know that by saying being safe i don't mean stay indoors i mean do whatever you're going to do with as much caution as possible mm -hmm. um thanks everyone bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.